TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You know, obviously you want to have somebody that's a great teacher. You know, uh, I think that's important because, you know, he has to coach the coaches to coach the position. And I think that's the number one trait of any great coach. Um, you know, you have to be able to have uh, the innovation, you know, to, to really look at um, the players that you have and be able to help enhance and put those guys in position to succeed uh, and to get explosives and to move the ball down the field. So um, that right there, I think, is the most important thing. Uh, the, the teacher part of it and then the innovation part of it and the creativity, I think, is going to be the biggest part. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That's Matt Eberflus talking about what he's looking for in his uh, his next offensive coordinator. And it's kind of, I don't know, interesting. I, you know, it's, it's kind of, I don't know a lot. We can go over the names, but I don't know a lot about Liam Cohen. I love the name. Um, Something should be in Hollywood. Yeah, he's from Kentucky, but he's been um, little career pinball back and forth between the Rams yeah. and Kentucky. He was the offensive coordinator for the Rams under Sean McVay. So McVay sneezed he, him. You did we know that. <laughs> it probably fetched some coffee for him at some point in time. Yeah. Um, qualified though, in terms of having called plays at the NFL level, That's known nice. as a offensive innovator a little bit, I suppose, and also in college at Kentucky helped develop Will Levis, who was the Titans rookie quarterback in the, this past season. Liam Cohen, who knows? I mean, look, these, these choices, these names all have credentials, but I don't know that any one of them, if they hire this candidate, you'd be like, okay, offense is fixed. It's well, going to be, it's going to be in this case, I think more about the player than the play calling. They, they're going to have to be married. But when you're looking at a potential change at quarterback, the focus is going to be on that. How the offensive coordinator is able to get the most out of that player certainly is important. But I don't know that, Molly, correct me if I'm wrong, but if are, are any of the names on the list so far ones that you look at and you say, all right, they're doing this right. I have no more concerns. I, I kind of like all the names, to be honest with you. There's nothing that stands out about them, good or bad, well, ne- negatively, that no. would preclude you from interviewing them or hiring them. No. You know, Greg Olson coached here before. We know uh, what he is. Uh, he comes from Seattle where he was their quarterback's coach. And, um, and Shane Waldron was in Seattle as their boss. offensive coordinator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I think that's a little interesting. It's interesting because 
the Seahawks, number one, got the most out of Geno Smith and revived exactly. his career. Exactly. But secondly, did that without abandoning the running game. Yeah. And I think the running game is important to Matt Eberflus and the Bears. So those two guys, after Pete Carroll was shown the door, I felt like feel like they they probably looked at their careers and said, okay, we need to do something. Let's uh let's start looking. And the Bears have an opening. So both those guys make a lot of sense. And they would be they would be capable replacements. Yeah. I think they would be fine. Yeah, Shane Waldron is 44. Uh, Clint Kubiak, who is the Niners passing game coordinator, is 36. And he obviously is the son of Gary Kubiak, longtime NFL Obviously. Well, you would know that. I mean, who wouldn't know that? Um, And Greg Olson is 60. I'm just saying it's a wide range. um, You know, I mean, Ole has called plays at least – Three times in the league, several He's different stops. T- yes, several he, different. He times. could work with, right, anybody, and I think he might be the surest thing of this group, only and, because yeah. of the experience factor. And Liam Cohen is thirty-eight. I'm just saying, it's yeah. a wide variety mm-hmm. of of guys that they're looking at. How old is is um, Greg Olson? He's he's and that, um, I'm sorry, uh, Greg Roman. He's been around forever. I, I'm just saying. It's an interesting cross-section of the NFL. Greg Roman is is 52. Okay. So he's 52 years old, or he will be 52 by the time next season Uh uh, arrives. So he was one of those guys 10 years ago when he was essentially developing Colin Kaepernick for Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco, kind of in in the prime of his career. And he went on to Baltimore and did the same with Lamar Jackson. And his inclusion in this process does, I think, protect the Bears from the possibility, and it still remains a possibility, slim slim it may be, of keeping Justin Fields and devising and, and formulating an entire offense around his skill set. And look, I, I'm not – That's my disclaimer. That's fair enough. But I, I think that – when you look at the kind of the wide varying factors with the offensive coordinators they're bringing in, you know, I would say that a Greg Roman, um, you know, uh, Greg Olson, these are guys that are established, mature play callers that have succeeded in the NFL and are not really looking to use the Bears' offensive coordinator job as a stepping stone to a head coaching job in the NFL. I think when you look at Liam Cohen and and Clint Kubiak, guys in their 30s. Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron, 44. Yeah, you could look at that as this would be a launching pad if they have success with whoever the quarterback is. If they can fix an offense that's, that's chronically broken, yeah, that would be something that they would look at and say, well, I'm on my way now. I did my work here. And you want a guy. That, uh, you, that, that you have no problem you want that. with someone that wants to become a head coach because it means that they've had success as your coordinator. What a great problem to have. It would be great. You, you don't worry about these things going in. No. I've never been one to be concerned about, well, if he has success. He'll only be here for two years. He'll only be here for two years or one year. Okay, That's great. great. That's wonderful. That means that he did good work in that time. You're ready to move on and get somebody else. And it shows that you know how to identify coaching talent, which I think is another factor here. Who is going to be making this final selection? Is it going to be a collaborative well, effort? It's a good point. You wonder. You wonder. 
how this list was put together. There aren't any clear connections to Matt Eberflus, which is typically what you get in a coaching search. Friends hire or interview guys who they have worked with in the past. There's that comfort level. There's a trust. Doesn't seem to be the case here. Jason is in Hammond, Indiana. Hi, Jason. Hello. Hey, yes. Jason. How are you, bud? Hey, how you doing this morning? Good. Good. Hey, so um, I, I think there's a, a bigger issue in Chicago than just the whole quarterback situation. I think it comes down to the whole coaching and, and the, the, the offensive line, and I think everybody fails to address that situation. I mean, you could put Tom Brady or somebody back there, and they're just not going to have any success with that. That offensive line is terrible. Now, and they brought just, back you know, Chris Morgan. Right? That's one of the guys on that staff they did not fire, the offensive line coach. They they clearly like what he's doing. Correct. But you gotta get some guys in there that that, that can stay healthy and that are you know, that that are just um for for example, Green Bay's offensive line. And and I don't discredit Green Bay whatsoever. Um Jordan Love played a phenomenal game against Dallas. Um he looked great. And he's got a, a, a fabulous offensive line. Um, they go out and they get big guys that are brawlers. We, we, we just have a, a hard time finding guys that are qualified to play up there. And, and we, we got destroyed against Green Bay in, in that last game against the season. Yes, that's true. The Bears got beaten on the line of scrimmage. I don't know how Nobody, great the Packers' line is, though. They, I, I they lost a lot of guys. Offensive line pay, play is not exactly – this isn't the golden age of offensive line no, play. No, I mean, you and, know, the quarterback gets the ball out fairly quickly. That, that's the thing. That's you, you, what you need. We tend to look overlook these things, and I understand that, that one is related to the other, and nobody's going to sit here and say the Bears' offensive line was full of Pro Bowl players that can't be replaced. There's probably – you could justify two new players, maybe even three. But I don't know that that's where the problems necessarily end, and it's convenient to look at that as a crutch. But I think they'd be doing everyone a disservice by saying that is the primary problem here. There, it's one of them. Coaching, certainly, that was taken care of. They fired the coach who called the plays. So they're trying to address that now. They'll upgrade the offensive line, and then it will be incumbent upon the quarterback to make those moves look like smart ones. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta, you know, yeah. It helps to have a guy who instinctively can step away from pressure and deliver the ball exactly where it's supposed to go in a window, a tight window. See some of those throws that Jordan Love made the other day, the night against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I did. <laughs> I watched that game. And, and C.J. Stroud, same deal. He's just that, that offensive line. Laramie Tunsil is a an elite left tackle. Mm-hmm. Nobody can ever say that he's not. And he handled Miles Garrett in a way that he typically has. But, I mean, when pressured, C.J. Stroud just has that innate ability to deliver the ball. And, and he has accuracy when he's under pressure. That's hard to do. But you know it when you see it. And we, we've seen it from C.J. Stroud all season long. 312 Let's um uh, I'm sorry, I can't see that name. Let's try Bromby. I'm sorry, Bromby, if I mispronounce. Hey Bromby. Hey. You know, it, a lot of teams are facing this right now after these playoff games. It's not just changing the quarterback. 
It's not just changing the coach or the coordinator. It's systemic. The way you build your team from the top down. And, you know, they're talking about, well, Lurie is the only guy who's safe in Philadelphia. Everybody else could be gone. And Jalen Hurts, the comparisons between him and Fields, whatever, it's systemic with the Bears, the owners, Jerry Jones in Dallas, same thing. You know, uh, why is Belichick going to go there with Jerry Jones over his shoulder? Well, we don't know that he is yet. That is certainly fair speculation based on the connection between the two and also because Jerry Jones, I think the implication is, will stop at nothing to get the right combination. And even if it means firing a coach who has won 12 games three seasons in a row in Mike McCarthy, when you lose your last playoff game in the manner the Cowboys did, an impatient owner is going to make changes. Yeah, I got to tell you. I mean, Jordan Love threw a touchdown with about 10 minutes left, I don't know, around there, and the Packers, that gave them a 48-16 lead, and then he went to the bench with, wait for it, a perfect QB rating of 158.3. Pretty good. I don't know about you, but if I had a quarterback making a road debut and he had a perfect passer rating, I wouldn't be saying that, He's overrated, or how can you? I mean, that perfect's pretty good. Perfect's pretty good, and it's Score the highest has learned the highest QBR since they started keeping QBRs for a playoff game, and that's not just because he had a good protection from his offensive line, and it certainly wasn't because he had a proven receiving core catching those passes. Now, Romeo Dobbs is a terrific playmaker. And he was back. And he was back. And certainly he was open. Yes. But there are reasons for that. He was schemed open. you got to give credit to Matt LaFleur for that. But Jordan Love was throwing the ball in time on time. He didn't miss any throws that were gimmies. And he made the tough throws when necessary. And so he did have a perfect passer rating when he went to the bench, I think, when it was 48-16. to That's ridiculous. It really is. It really is. That is just absurd. I'm sorry. That's, (laughs) that's, I mean, who wouldn't want that? Let's try Alexander. He's on the road. Hey, Alexander. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Good. All right. So, to be honest, this notion of we absolutely have to have Caleb Williams is just kind of crazy to me. Uh, Now, I I understand he's the number one, he's generational, but, like, you have Jaden Daniels right here that we could grab. He's playing the SEC. That is defensive-based, just like the Big Ten. Caleb Williams has not played Big Ten football with good defenses. We don't know that. You know, we don't know that he can face good defenses, right? I think that you could get a haul with the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. You could go and get Jaden Daniels at nine. You could definitely go and get Greg Roman. You could have Justin Fields for one more year because you don't have to decide this year. Look at Mitchell Trubisky played four years for Chicago Bears. If you sit Jaden Daniels for one year, you have Greg Roman. They're both two QBs that are dual threats. I mean, it just seems like that would work out, and you go get a haul, like I said, with other players that need to fill your roster. I think that's more reasonable. Let's stop, you know, posting Instagram posts of Caleb Williams coming to the Bears because all the comments, all the fans are saying, 
go get Marvin Harrison. So Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. Okay. So come on, guys. Thanks, let's, Alexander. Let's be reasonable. Reasonable. Okay. All right. It's, it's reasonable to pass on the number one overall pick two years in a row. It's reasonable to pass on a quarterback, the most important position in the National Football League after watching two first-year starters win playoff games. What's reasonable is seizing the opportunity that's in front of you and understanding the value of the position. Let's try Chris. He's listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Good. What do you got? Oh, sorry, my phone's gone. That's all right. Yeah, I live in Green Bay. I, uh, I uh, unfortunately was in a uh, Green Bay bar Sunday watching the game. Had to go there for a birthday party, and I was hopefully going to sit there and snicker the whole time as Dallas killed them. But are you there? Yeah, yeah we're, we're here. listening. Keep talking. You're right, a Bear right. fan living in Green Bay. Is that we what you're saying? We got you. We're, we're hanging with you. Yes, sir. Okay. I can see Lambeau Field out the front porch of my house. I'm not scared. I go to the Lions Den and I rally for the Bears every week and get beat up every week. <laughs> so I'm 56 years old. Got pictures of me in my Bears pajamas at five years old. My mom does. Bear fan all my life. I guess my point to this, I'll make it short and sweet. It's just not fun anymore. So I'm sitting in this bar for the birthday party, hopefully to laugh at the Packers because of Dallas. And they're just having a blast. High-fiving hugging people they don't know. And as a Bear fan, we haven't had that basically since 2006 when we were at the Super Bowl of Rex Grossman and Grossman. And uh, I just don't know what they're going to do. But what I'm really sick and tired of is the never having a solid conversation. I mean, some teams are a little bad, but they know their quarterback's solid. Or they're a little bad, they know their offensive line is solid. I think the only thing... We don't have them conversations right now. Our defense is good. Thanks, so Chris. I don't know what Bowles is going to do. It, I personally like Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I like him personally, too. I, I like there's a lot to like about the guy. I, I mean, but if you can't see the difference with Jordan Love versus <laughs> Justin Fields, then you're not paying attention yeah, to the game. You're not watching the game I mean, close he's, again, he has unbelievable wow plays. He does a a phenomenal job of breaking through tackles and running, but they're not, with him at quarterback, they're not in time on time. They're the ceiling. Like you see with Green Bay. And it's, you know, it's hard to watch, frankly. It's hard to watch the, the, you know, the last five or six games that, uh, that Jordan Love has played. And he's been the best quarterback in the league over that period of time. You look at the numbers, and they right. speak for themselves. And he's not done yet. He's no. got an opportunity to go in San Francisco against that defense. And uh, it's another challenge. But after the he after they did what they did to the Cowboys, who knows? Packers could be competitive. Yeah, they could be competitive. I, I don't think they're going to win on the road again. I, I, that's oh, a tall I hope order. not. I hope not. Oh, my not. gosh. I mean, that might be too much. Be too much. But, yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty damn good. All right, we're going to bring in Coach Wanstat. We'll talk to him next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Rex Grespin. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Dave Wanstead, Bears head coach for six seasons. The Bears. The Bears. Super Bowl champion. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! He has the greatest mustache you've ever seen. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause. The mustache. When he hanging out with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Open up the door, it's Dave. Who? Dave, D-A-V-E. Dustin, I, we're not going to waste airtime on that, okay? Thank you. Next question. <laughs> thank you. Next question. Thank, thank Next question. Much. Dave Wednesday. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Always a delight to talk to our guy, Coach Wanstead, and he joins us now on the Score Hotline. Powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm doing good, Molly. David, yes, everything is uh, everything's good. Boy, what a weekend. And uh, I'm down here in Florida now. I finally got down here for a little break. Uh, so um, just hanging out a little bit and watching a lot of football this past weekend. Three days in a row was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, we did too. Yeah. And, and you know, we were talking about the one thing that you can't get away from is Green Bay going into Dallas and winning that game. That was extraordinary. Uh, Jordan Love had a perfect passer rating by the time he left. He didn't even have to finish the game. You know, you know what was sh- I was talking to Jimmy Johnson this morning. In fact, he said uh, the he said I said I got to do my radio show, and I says yeah. And he said, well, you tell your guys on there that the boat is gassed up and the beers are iced down, and he is ready. He was heading out. <laughs> so <laughs> he is, uh, and we were talking about that Dallas game and. You know, doing a little research on that, you know, Dallas lined up with six defensive backs in the game, over half the defensive snaps, and Aaron Jones was running the ball down their throat. And with them playing that many defensive backs, I kept thinking to myself, well, okay, they made a decision to let Aaron Jones run the ball because we're not going to be – we don't have linebackers in there. we got six defensive backs, which is really kind of unusual. But then we're going to take away the passing game. And you just said it, Molly, perfect passing rating. I mean, it's 
I don't know. That was That's still a mind-boggling loss. And then same thing on the other side of the ball. All of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, you know, Green Bay's defense decides to start playing. So, And they did get simpler. I know they had a uh, – they they had a heart to heart meeting inside the building there at Green Bay, and I was told that less is more. Let's give the players a chance to play. Let's not overthink this. And I was told that they really have have I hate to use the word simplified, but they cut back a lot on what they were doing on defense the last few weeks, and the players are playing better. What a concept! Less is more. I think it's great coaching, Dave. When you look at the Cowboys. By the way, Jimmy Johnson's halftime speech, that was great. He still got it when he did that on Fox. What do you expect now? Mike McCarthy, three straight 12-win seasons, but you can't lose a game like that without talking about potential ramifications. Do you think they move on, and do, would they do so because of the unprecedented caliber of the head coaching candidates available? Well, you know, Jimmy and I were talking about that this morning, and I referenced Jimmy because that was our t- one of our topics, and – and we both agree, you know, Rich McKay, when we were both coaching and we would go to those league meetings, Rich McKay is from our era. In other words, he's an old school coach. So him and Belichick communicate extremely well. Uh, there's, there's a lot of common uh, background history. I think Atlanta makes we the most sense to me if Bill's going to coach Atlanta because he he can do what he wants with the quarterback. Uh, you know, Bill wants to run the ball and you know, Bill wants to play defense. That's, that's what his Patriot King, that's what he wants to do. And they can do both of those things tomorrow in Atlanta. So he's got to figure out the quarterback thing. When you think about Dallas and everybody's saying Dallas, think about what happened guys after the Dallas Cowboys get beat Monday morning, team meeting, do you know who held – the first guy to talk to the team was Jerry Jones. Now, I guarantee you Bill Belichick is not going to sit there and Jerry's going to come in and talk to the team. No, that's not, that's not Bill Belichick. He's going to run the football. And I don't see it being as good of friends as they might be and all the stuff that people talk about in Dallas with Belichick and Jerry – I don't see that being a fit whatsoever. Just my opinion. Hmm. What uh, what do you make of uh, of the Chiefs going into Buffalo? We saw like they, the conditions in Buffalo were so bad they had a they had a delay the game. I don't know if um, if Andy Reid's mustache has recovered from that game in uh, <laughs> in Kansas City, but now you got these two quarterbacks squaring off in Buffalo after, you know, uh, Josh Allen losing a couple of games in Kansas City in the playoffs. So now it's Mahomes on the road, which we haven't seen much of. Well, if anybody doesn't think that inflation and prices, if all that stuff is just a fantasy and it's not real, I was coaching in Buffalo not that long ago, and we had a similar game, and they were paying $12 an hour to shovel the stadium, the seats. Now they're paying twenty. Okay, so it's the prices have gone up to shovel snow considerably. <laughs> so, so and anyway, I, I don't mean to get off track here, but uh, no, this game will be. Uh, uh, oh, I think the, as far as the weather, it's not going to have a factor on either team. I mean, I think last week 
proved that it was colder in Kansas City. Ice and snow were probably more of a factor in wind in Buffalo, which you will get. You will get probably more wind in Buffalo. But both these quarterbacks can handle the elements, both these teams, both these head coaches. Uh, no, I, I see this thing not being a factor whatsoever. And you know what shocked me with Kansas City? All of a sudden, the receivers start catching the football. And, uh, you know, so if, if they can uh, if they can carry over that, and I think Kelsey was had the most drops of any receiver, right. which you know is not, not going to happen two weeks in a row. So, you know, it, this should be a great game. I mean, I think both these defenses are – very similar if you look at them statistically and what they want to do. A little bit more pressure out of Kansas City's defense than Buffalo's, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty uh, pretty easy, you know, it, it, pretty evenly matched. I, I really think that. It's going to come down to the quarterbacks who turns the ball over, and that's where, that's where Josh Allen just scares you to death. So, Dave, I know you're a Matt Eberflus guy, but I want to ask you this. Do you think the Bears, in retrospect, might have wanted to wait a little bit longer before meeting with everybody, given the fact that you look at the head coaching candidates out there, Harbaugh, Carroll, Belichick, Vrabel, and now maybe Mike Tomlin, who stormed away yesterday when asked a question about his contract. Do you think the, the Bears had to do it over again? They would rethink that conversation or consider – a change given who's available? No, I, I don't. Uh, Pete Carroll's not going to do anything that Matt Eberflus can't do right now. From uh, Look at our defense. We are a top 10 defense, and all we got to do is add a few players to it, and we're going to be there. That's not going to go away. That's not going to change. So I, I, I would say, now, if you were going to hire Jim Harbaugh, uh, an offensive guy and Jim was going to come in and he, and you were going to draft Caleb Williams and all this stuff was settled and Jim could put in the offense that he wanted and do what he wanted to do or whatever. Then you say, well, maybe you got the head coach who's going to call the plays uh, as an offensive guy, but Belichick does nothing for you there. Pete Carroll does nothing for you there guys. He really doesn't. Uh, this football team played hard for Fluce. They believe in Fluce. Um, you know, obviously we got to decide on the offensive coordinator, and we got to decide on who the quarterback's going to be, and what do you want to do? It's, um, you know, I, I saw the thing yesterday with Caleb Williams that he would be honored to play for the Bears. I promise you, I've lived this now, guys, for a long time. In the next three months, we'll probably be begging to get Caleb Williams at the end of the day, you know, because he's going to do nothing. Everything he does from now on says from now on. It's going to just be to, to uh, I don't want to say promote, but to, to put out a better image and how excited he is about the possibility of coming to the Bears. It's going to be really tough for Ryan Poles to say no to this type of talent. I really believe that. I really believe that at the end of the day. And you guys know that I'm a Fields fan, but I'm, I'm just saying it. Uh, I know how this goes. you got three months where Fields is going to be doing nothing. And you got three months where Caleb Williams is going to be on tour around the National Football League. And this kid's a sharp kid. So get ready. Get ready. So the Bears have interviewed five potential offensive coordinators. Greg Olson was here before and was the QB coach uh, in Seattle. Shane Waldron is the offensive coordinator. 
in Seattle. Clint Kubiak is Gary Kubiak's son and was the passing yep. game coordinator in, in San Francisco. Uh, Liam Cohen has been around the NFL and um, has fetched coffee for Sean McVay and has been sneezed on by him, and that's required for most hires. Greg Roman finally got an interview with the Bears. What is your thinking on the variety of those offensive coordinators and what they're looking for? Well, I I think this, number one, I think you got to sit down and say, okay, uh, Greg Roman, uh, let's use him since that's the last guy you threw on. And this would go for any of them. I'd say the same thing. If I'm sitting there, Justin Fields is your quarterback. Tell me what you want to do with him on offense. What can we do? Uh, from an offensive philosophy standpoint. And then I would get into the whole interview part, okay? Now, okay, it's not Justin Fields. It's Caleb Williams. What are you going to do with Caleb Williams? And tell me that. How are you going to develop this kid? What's, what's your process? And I think they got to do both of those scenarios with every one of these candidates. And then, you know, I don't know. Whatever these guys say, whatever they like, uh, unless their mind's made up, which I don't believe it is. I mean, if their mind's made up that they're going to keep fields or they're going to trade fields, then then they can go wonder. Then, then Greg Roman, if they're going to trade fields, I mean, let's, you know, Baltimore got rid of Greg Roman because they felt like that they want to develop their passing game and take it to another level. Not the running quarterback stuff, mm-hmm. but hell, we ran the ball. I mean, sure, you can probably add some new stuff to it to help fields running the ball. But I think the biggest thing is missing with, with us and everybody is, can he throw the ball? When everybody knows he's going to throw the ball and he knows he has to throw the ball and the running and all that's not a factor, can he throw the ball, make decisions and make throws and win games for you? It's not that hard. Quickly, Dave, before I let you go, is it unusual to interview five guys with whom you don't really have a connection with as a head coach? I've never done it and wouldn't do it. I wouldn't hire anybody that, but but we did it a different. I come from a school now, going back to Jimmy, that we never hired anybody unless one of the inner circle personally worked with this guy. Uh, I love, you know, Ron Turner and I, when Ron was my offensive coordinator at the Bears, Ron and I worked together at USC and I I worked with his brother, North. When we hired, when when I brought Matt Cavanaugh in from Baltimore, Matt and I were teammates at Pitt and had worked together. When, I, when we got North Turner, Jimmy didn't know North Turner, but I worked with North when he was the offensive coordinator at USC, and I was with him, and we became very good friends, brought him into Jimmy and said, he's t- our type of people. If you like him as a coach, I, this is the guy. So, I mean, that's just the way we've done it. And, but that doesn't mean it's the right way. doesn't mean it's the right way. Um, hmm. just, a, just a different way. Just a different way. Great stuff, Dave. Thank you. Great catching up with you. I'm delighted you're not here for this cold weather. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you. That is our guy, Dave Wanstad. And uh, and we're going to talk to Mike Florio next. Mully and Haw on the score. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Day by day, day by day, we get better and better. We get better and better. So we can't be beat. We can't be beat. We can't be beat. NFL insider Mike Florio with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. 
Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We love our opportunity to talk to Mike Florio, and he joins us now on the score hotline, which is powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Michael, good morning. How are you? Doing great, guys. How are you? Good. You know, we're kind of miffed that the Packers were that good. Now, maybe that speaks to the Cowboys. Maybe they had too much to prove, and they just somehow guys that you thought needed to have good games, Dak Prescott and uh, Micah Parsons, they didn't get it done. And Green Bay was the only road winner, but they looked fantastic. And now they go to San Francisco, surely – the dream is over now, Mike. Well, you know, we get so caught up in what's going to happen with the Cowboys because it's so much fun to talk about the train wreck that they inevitably become. It it is amazing. I pointed this out yesterday at PFT. In the first 30 years of the Super Bowl era, 16 times the Cowboys played in the game that determines who gets to the Super Bowl. 16 out of 30. Since then, zero. And the streak will continue. It's uncanny. It was more than every other year that they were in the NFC Championship game or the equivalent before the merger. They haven't been back since 95. But from the Packers' perspective, I want to give a lot of praise and credit to Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the team, because he's taken Jordan Love, first year as a starter. It was a little rocky at first, but they hit their stride and they've gotten better. And the offense is finally reflecting what Matt LaFleur wants it to be. And think about how well they did, even with the delicate genius Aaron Rodgers there as the quarterback and all the stuff that LaFleur had to do to placate him. There's probably a lot of stuff we don't know about, but it was always kind of passive-aggressive and Rodgers trying to take over and Rodgers thinks he knows better than the coaching staff. goes back to LaFleur's first year when there was a fight over how many audibles Rodgers would have the flexibility to call at any given time. So LaFleur has been a steady hand. He's been successful. And now in the first year post Aaron Rodgers, look how far they've come with Jordan Love. It's a testament to LaFleur. He's been, I think, overlooked and underappreciated. We need to appreciate him now. Mike, on Monday, the Chargers tweeted out that they had interviewed Jim Harbaugh. On the same day, the Falcons tweeted out that they had interviewed Bill Belichick. Do you think either or both are likely to end end up with those teams respectively, or are they both maybe possibly waiting to see what happens in Philadelphia or Dallas? I think it's more likely that Harbaugh goes to the Chargers than Belichick goes to the Falcons. One of the big issues in Atlanta, I believe, will be the influence and status of Rich McKay, the team CEO who has survived and survived and survived. The best job to have with an NFL team is to be somebody who has a position of influence over football operations, but no accountability whatsoever, so you never get fired, no matter how bad the team is. That's been Rich McKay's job for like 20 years with the Falcons, and he's shifted from title to title and role to role, and he's survived. And when they fire Arthur Smith, the head coach of the team, GM Terry Fontenot isn't sitting there with Arthur Blank at the press conference. It's Rich McKay. So I think that makes it a little less attractive for Belichick. But Chris Sims and I were talking about this earlier today. Let's say that a bidding war breaks out for Bill Belichick. Let's say the Eagles and the Cowboys both decide they want to try to get him. You know, if a team like the Falcons decide, screw it, we're going all in. We'll give him the keys to the car, even though 
he's shown the last five years that maybe he shouldn't be driving the whole car from a personnel standpoint, won't make him a financial offer he can't refuse. I mean, that's where the Falcons could pull this off. I think back to the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes from a couple of years ago. When the Browns got desperate, they won. And if Arthur Blank feels desperate, if he thinks the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to show up here, Blank needs to be willing, if he wants him that badly, to put a ton of money on the table and to tell him, you're in charge of everything. You answer to no one but me. We'll see if that happens. Mike, I'm curious, who do you believe is the next coach fired? Is Mike McCarthy gone? Is Nick Sirianni in trouble? Is there any chance that Mike Tomlin doesn't return 17 straight seasons in the playoffs? What uh, What's your take on who's next? There's four that I'm watching as of right now. Cowboys and Eagles, obviously. And the Cowboys, I mean, Jerry Jones basically put Nick Sirianni, Mike McCarthy on, I'm getting my hot seat coaches mixed up, put Mike McCarthy on the hot seat after the week 18 regular season finale, when he said, we'll take it one playoff game at a time. I'll be surprised if McCarthy comes back. He's got one year left on his contract. That'll surprise me at this point. Watching the Eagles, obviously, after this debacle, even though they went to the Super Bowl last year, it has been a complete and total collapse. And Nick Sirianni did nothing to coach the team out of it. With Tomlin, I said this Saturday night at halftime of the Browns-Texans game, every year after the season ends, he reassesses where he is. This year, the difference is he's entering the last year of his contract. He's never been in that situation before. He's always had an extension with at least two years left. That's a different factor. He'll talk to his family and he'll make a decision. Nobody knows what he's going to do. When they even brought it up last night, he turned and left. So we don't know what he's thinking, what he's planning. Only he knows, even if he knows that yet, he's going to know it in time. The other one I'm watching is Andy Reid. Will he retire after the season? I... And I know he said, I haven't thought about it, but there's reason to believe that the Chiefs at least have it on their radar screen, that based upon what happens at the end of this postseason, Andy Reid could call it quits. So we already have eight. One's been filled. There could be up to four more. Wow. That is wild. Michael, thank you. We appreciate it as always. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. That is Mike Florio. We're going to talk to Jarrett Payton next. It's Mully and Hall on the score. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 